Hey everybody, it's Claire. Just have a couple of things to talk about before we get into this week's episode. The first is a very shocking and somewhat horrifying discovery we made recently. Uh, iTunes has only ever showed us reviews made by users in the US. I don't know why it's terrible and we feel really bad because uh, in investigating further, we found that there have been reviews from people in other countries that we have missed throughout the years. So we're very, 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 very sorry. We have not been ignoring you. We're just uh, old elder millennials who don't understand technology. So thank you so much to everybody who reviewed outside the U.S. I haven't yet found an easy way for us to see those reviews without going individually into each country's version of iTunes. So I'm not sure if or how or when we'll be able to resolve this issue. But just know that we deeply appreciate you. And again, sorry for our tech stupidity. Moving on to our next announcement. This week's episode is going to be our last one for a little while. We will be taking another hiatus, and this time it's for the best possible reason. Beth has had her baby! Everybody is happy and healthy, and Beth is now two for two on creating extremely cute children. So she is going to be focusing on that for a little while. The raising of human children is quite time-consuming, I'm told. So we're going to be going on a little maternity leave for her while she gets settled in with her newly expanded family. So we hope that you all will be patient with us. We're not sure when we'll be coming back, but we are definitely going to try to have a shorter hiatus than last time. So with that, I hope you all enjoyed this very coincidentally seasonally appropriate episode, O Come All Ye Faithful, and we'll see you sometime next year. We open the podcast this week on a somber note in loving memoriam of Mayor Carol Lockwood. A woman who ruled with quick wit, humor, and enough martinis to fuel a town. We hardly knew ye. Merry Christmas. And on this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, we're happy to bring you Season 4, Episode 9, O Come All Ye Faithful. Oof. It ain't right, Claire. It ain't. I saw the episode title, and one of the few things I remembered from the season was that uh, something bad was going to happen to Mary Carol Lockwood at Christmas. So I was like, oh no. Oh no, Beth. She's my favorite character. (laughs) Ugh. What a loss. I know. The only thing I could hope is that Liz Forbes makes a resurgence (laughs) because Carol Lockwood isn't here now. Mm. But... I don't know. It seems like we also have some weird supernatural, like, comeback from the dead type shit going on. So I'm holding out hope that Mayor Carol Lockwood may return um, as a ghost or something at some point. I hope so. I don't remember. <laughs> you can't take that away from me, Vampire Diaries Diaries. Or Vampire Diaries. <laughs> don't blame our podcast. Oh, boy. See, I'm just stricken with grief. I yeah. I don't know how to act. Ugh. It is rough. There is a lot of death in this episode, and one is somebody who even has a name that we care about. Yes. Carol. Oh, Carol. Okay, yes. I was, like, trying to think, what are we talking about here? So, I guess we've gotten way ahead of ourselves, because that's literally the last thing that happens in this episode. (laughs) But it's also the most important. Yes. But we do begin with another scene of Elena and Damon waking up together. But this time, they're wearing clothes. So chaste. Because Damon's being a gentleman, in his own words. Because apparently he didn't 
uh, white fangling uh, Elena after the uh, episode <laughs> I did last week. Elanga. <laughs> I cannot speak. I haven't had that much wine yet, but it's hard to gauge because I have this dinosaur sippy cup from Target that's meant for a child. I love it. So usually I can tell by like how far I've gotten into the glass, but this is a new glass or plastic. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Elanga. I just liked Elanga. <laughs> White Falanga. <laughs> yes, he did not keep his word last week because she touched his face and he was like, oh, damn. So he's trying to like have his cake and eat it too or not eat it too, as it were. Yeah. By, like, not dumping Elena, but also not, like, touching or kissing or fucking her. Yeah. Which is more than I would have expected from him, to be honest. I know. I thought, yeah, I I didn't know, like, exactly how he was going to handle it, but I felt like he was being pretty respectable in this episode. Yeah, he's, like, trying to respect Elena's wishes while also not doing sexually dubious things to her. Yeah. While she can't actually consent meaningfully. Right. And they both, like, want to because Elena's, like, dropping the strong hints. She's like, well, what do you want? And he's all like, I want to throw you back in my bed and never let you go or some shit. I want to awkwardly kiss your stomach all over again. (laughs) Oh, so beautiful. And uh, I think they also sort of touch on the fact that Stefan still doesn't know that they boned previously because that's going to be relevant later. Yeah, way overblown, but I guess important part of this episode. Like, who gives a shit if you, like, bone or not? There's, like, no difference, but They I don't had know. been emotionally boning all over town before <laughs> she and Stefan even broke up, so, like, I'd be more upset about that. But I'm yeah. not Stefan. Uh, thank God. Anyway, <laughs> they are getting, like, close to kissing, but then Elena's phone rings, and it's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. <laughs> And Elena says that Bonnie is teaching Jeremy how not to kill me. Wanna come? It was a weird opening because then it like goes to the title card and it's like silent. I don't know. It just like was weird vibes. It was like not a dramatic place to like put the title card. Yeah. The drama of this episode was completely backloaded. Yes. Yes. But yes, uh, it really is a testament to how much Damon loves Elena that he agrees to come with her to... Hang out with Jeremy Gilbert, who is currently attempting to kill vampires at all times. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even get to fuck her. Yeah. Wow. So much personal growth, Damon. I'm proud. <laughs> He's a different man, vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a scene that uh, you texted me about when you were first watching the episode. <laughs> I did. I said we're off to a great start because Klaus is standing and... Very thoughtfully painting a lonely snowflake. And Stefan, like, waltzes into Klaus's house and he's like, what are you painting? It looks like a snowflake. And Klaus explains to Stefan that it's postmodernism. And I forget what else he says, but it is the douchiest thing that we've heard Klaus say so far, I feel like. Yes, Klaus is being extremely, extremely emo about his painting. Uh, But he mentions that it's his contribution to the Winter Wonderland charity event. Wow. What a nice guy. It's a very nonspecific name for a very nonspecific event that 
doesn't even mention the founders, so I'm very confused. Yeah, it's a Christmas party. <laughs> and then Adrian arrives, and Klaus is like, Hello, Adrian, please take this beautiful aunt to the Mystic Grill immediately. And Adrian tries to, like, say, I'm not a delivery boy or something like that. And Klaus is like, listen, I want you to fucking listen to me. You're sired to me. And I don't want to hear you complain. And be careful with the painting because it's still wet. Like, you don't just finish a painting and bring it somewhere, like, in the same five minutes. <laughs> like, it's got to get messed up. Maybe that's where the postmodernism comes in. The painting isn't complete until it's been smudged by the many hands it passes through in the process of it being auctioned off. And that's like a total comment on capitalism and something. So postmodern. Klaus is the postest modern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and did you understand this line that Stefan has here? Because I certainly didn't. It felt like there was a line missing. Did Abraham Lincoln come up at some point in this scene before? <laughs> no! No! He just says it out of nowhere. He says, you know, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. As though Klaus had been saying, like, I love Abraham Lincoln. I want to be just like him. But, like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It's out of nowhere. Like, I, I, I thought it was so weird. And I, like, kind of get what he was saying because Klaus was, like, being a dick to Adrian. But, like, it was, I don't know. It was so weird. You're right. There must have been a cut line or something and they were just like, fuck it. I got, I didn't watch it on my DVDs this time because my internet was working. But I got to see if maybe there's a deleted scene on there. I'll, I'll report it back if I find that this somehow made sense at some point. But I'm not optimistic. Please do. I wouldn't be surprised, you're right, if there was a deleted scene or something, because it was so weird. But it's immediately overshadowed by what Klaus says next, which is, What's the point of my hybrids being sired to me without maximizing the benefits of free labor? <laughs> and I'm like, Klaus isn't even pretending that the Civil War was about states' rights. He's just like, if I've got slaves, might as well use them as much as I can. <laughs> Right. What the fuck, Klaus? He is take. He's not apologizing for it. I guess, like, at least be honest about your evil, but also probably don't enslave people. Like, I know it's a controversial opinion, but oh, Klaus, this scene, like, already, I'm just like, what is this episode? <laughs> and we've barely begun. I know. And then Steph is like, well, anyway, uh, so Klaus, Elena is sire to Damon. So I'm here because I need to find the vampire cure more than ever. And Klaus is like, all right, then come to over to my safe, Stefan. And then he opens this janky ass standalone safe and <laughs> pulls out the sword. He explains to Stefan that the sword is a cipher to decode the marks on Jeremy once he's killed enough vampires, which I think we already knew, but he's explaining it to Stefan like this is new information. Yeah, that's a, a definite theme this week. Yes. <laughs> and you were right. That was a very janky ass safe. It looked like one of those like janitor lockers. Yeah, I thought it looked like one of those, like, retro fridges that, like, are popular now. Like, 
with the metal it, handle. Yeah, exactly. And it also looked light, like you could just carry it away. Maybe that's why Stefan couldn't find the sword later. Maybe. So. <laughs> Jeremy probably bought, popped over and was like, I have my hunter strength. I'm going to open this safe. Oh, my God. Cool don't, sword. Don't get me started on that. I mean, I guess it was the hunter's sword, so it would be possible that his hunter's instincts would drive him there. But that's yeah. not even what happened, so. <laughs> Ow, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I just, like, tried to emphatically gesture and smacked my hand right down onto it my It was desk. so loud. Wow. It was, like, right on my knuckle. It's uh, okay. It was louder okay. than it was painful. I mean, okay. it was painful, but just for a second. <laughs> I'm going to live, and this wine's going to help. Good. Anyway, there's some, like, sort of flirtatious vibes between Klaus and Stefan in this scene, I felt like. Yeah. I mean, Klaus is gonna... Klaus tries to bond, and he tries to start being, like, a catty bitch and get, like, the latest drama. He's like, so, Stefan, I heard you moved out of your own house. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like sitting down, like, leaned back with that little Klaus <laughs> smile on his face and a twinkle right. in his eye. Now that so I've set funny. the mood about talking about how much I love slavery, <laughs> let's gossip about your love life. Yeah, open up. I've told you a secret. You tell me one. And you know what, Stefan? I'm a slave for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. So I've just noticed that I wrote Aiden in my notes instead of Adrian every single time this character <laughs> appeared. So I am on fire. So Adrian and Kim are doing something. All I wrote was that they're the new Frederick and Beth Ann. Who are they? You don't remember Frederick and Beth Ann? <laughs> no. From season two, they were uh, tomb vampires. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Tomb. No, season one. Yeah, they were tomb vampires who, like, didn't want to follow Pearl's rules, and so they tried to attack the Salvators, and they got killed. Yeah, nope, no recollection of that. I apologize. (laughs) I remember you being offended that Beth Ann got killed because she had your name. Yeah, that sounds about right. I would think that. (laughs) Memories. Do you remember what they're actually doing in the scene? Um, well, yeah, they're just, like, hanging out, and then Haley walks up. Right? Oh, right. They're giving yeah. shit to Tyler, like, when are we going to finally do our thing? Ugh. Oh, yeah. This, and then Ty- this rebellion that's never going to happen. I know. They've been, like, unsired for, like, two days, and now they're like, when is this going to happen? But, yeah, Haley's accent is so strong in this scene. I was thinking of, like, the recording and just, like, <laughs> laughing um, from last week's episode. And yes. Haley's all... I found a witch that will save your lives. We promised we will free you from Klaus. Oh my god. I wanted to record it, but my phone was across the room charging, so I couldn't. But your impression was so good that we don't need a recording. Oh boy. Oh my god. Yes, she has found a witch, and apparently the plan is that... I think we're, uh, we find out the plan... At the beautiful town square of Mystic Falls, which is all decked out for Christmas. Because this great. is a Christmas episode. Yes. Um, and Tyler is explaining to Caroline that Haley found a witch who's going to use the body swap spell to put Klaus into somebody else's body and then bury it in concrete. 
And spoiler alert, it's going to be Tyler's body. I don't understand this plan at all. At all. Neither does Caroline. (laughs) Yes. She's like, excuse me. But why? Yeah, she's like, not exactly how I would have expected us to spend the rest of our senior year with you buried in concrete. When Tyler is so horny for being the alpha right now, he's like, I'm the alpha. It's my responsibility. This all started with me. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. I'm the most important person in the world. So yeah. I have to sacrifice myself. I'm like, have you spent, been spending too much time with Stefan? Like, what's going on here, Tyler? I know. And, like, I was confused. So because of the body swap, like, does that mean that he'll have Klaus's body and be, like, around? Or will it just mean that, like he'll like what happens to tyler's spirit i don't know i feel like they never really explained that when they did it at the end of last season like when bonnie had her cunning plan yeah because (sighs) or is it still in the body just like dormant i don't i feel like he goes to the sunken place yeah because when it was alaric being body swapped before they cast joseph morgan Klaus's body was just in, like, that big old suitcase or whatever. Right, right. So I think his body would just be empty. Okay. Wow. What a what a world. And Caroline very reasonably asked, like, uh, why don't you just desiccate him like you did, like, three weeks ago? And Tyler says, oh, well, you had to stop a human heart. And, like, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, apparently we just murder people willy-nilly, so why the fuck not? <laughs> I know. Oh, poor Caroline. And this is the beginning of them talking a ton about how it's their senior year. Like, mm-hmm. I know it came up earlier in the season, like once or twice, but they mention it like 18 times this episode. So I feel like there's going to be like end of high school activities coming up in subsequent episodes because they're making such a big deal out of it this time. Also, it's only Christmas. Like, you still have like six months before graduation. Yeah. And in the Vampire Diaries time, that's like eight seasons <laughs> right it's like dog years <laughs> although i think there is an episode called graduation in this season so things might be moving along at a faster clip okay i did read briefly on the i said i know i said i didn't find anything interesting on the vampire diaries wiki but i think there actually was something interesting one second Ooh. that <laughs> This is the last episode set in 2010, which started in the season one mid-season premiere A Few Good Men, a span of exactly 60 episodes. So the first 60 episodes, or no, the last 60 episodes of this show all, all were set in the year 2010. Oh my god, that's a lot. Yeah. But we're going to apparently get halfway through 2011 by the end of the season. Okay, Wow. The, ch- the show has truly changed. <laughs> That's why we can never tell what time it is, because only two days had passed between every episode. I did find that there is a timeline of, like, the chronology of every event that happens on the show. Whoa. And I wanted to read it, but as soon as I started, there were things that happened in flashbacks that are in seasons that we haven't gotten to yet that I had forgotten about, and I felt like I was spoiling myself, so I I didn't read it. But the answers to our questions are out there. People have figured this out, and I really appreciate that. Wow, God bless. 
And this explains why Damon was putting a scarf on Elena two weeks ago or last week. Whenever oh, right. It was. Yep. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Winter in Virginia. <sighs> so, yes, that is a lot of stuff that's going on in Tyler's head that is very stupid. What else is new? And they're playing like the Julian Casablanca's uh, Christmas song in this scene, too. <laughs> yes, they are. Good old Julian uh, Casablanca's. That takes me back. Yes, amen. Uh, so, yeah, Mystic Falls is looking like a little Christmas party there. This is getting me into the Christmas spirit. We're at the mid of November when we're recording this episode. So, you know I feel what like it, it really was good times. looked like? It looked exactly like the outdoor set of Greendale in the season one Christmas episode of Community where they have like the the fist fight. Yeah, it totally does. Because they have like the same big candy canes and like a snow machine and it's like obviously not winter in the place where they're filming. (laughs) Yes. But they really tried. They went all out and I I appreciate, I applaud them. It was just global warming. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Community has the best Christmas episodes. Yes, I always have to watch those every year. Yes. Anyway, then we leave the Mystic Falls Christmas party and we go over to the lake house where Jeremy is ceremoniously chopping wood wearing like a white tank top and he looks like way more swole than he did before so like did they make him take steroids for this role or something probably I have to yeah. to look something up to see if some dates line up uh, bear with me for one moment sure oh I thought maybe they were trying to do like a reference to Avengers Age of Ultron when there's a scene where uh, Captain America is like out in the yard chopping wood in a really tight t-shirt that oh. people always post gifts of like horny gifts of but actually <laughs> it's possible that Avengers Age of Ultron copied that because it came out three years after this episode aired and you know wow. if there's one person on this earth who I think would love Jeremy Gilbert it's Joss Whedon so I'm choosing to believe that. that that scene was a Jeremy Gilbert reference. <laughs> oh. But this scene is literally one of the things that I remember from this season. Like, I think a few episodes ago, I said that there were two things that were really, that really pissed me off that were going to happen soon. One of them was the Cyrobon and one of them was Jeremy Gilbert chopping wood in a tank top. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I agree with you. I'm on board. They are equally horrifying. Yeah. And like, I know that it's like supposed to be like sexy. And I'm just like, no. People found it sexy. He, his, it just makes him look, it makes his face look more dumb somehow. Like, it's the Ryan Reynolds effect. It's like, you have this person with this doofy, like, sort of boyish face yeah like a really ripped body and it and some a lot of people seem to find that really hot but to me i'm just like ew no go away yeah your face doesn't match (laughs) that's how i felt that's how i felt when i watched this like his face didn't match his body and like or was the cgi i don't know i just have so many questions but (laughs) i want to stop thinking about it like yeah oh i knew this was coming I was very sad that you were going to have to see it, but now we can process it together at least. Yeah. I mean, I like a sexy lumberjack as much as the next 
gal, but this was not it, and no. this was not that. First of all, Jeremy Gilbert is hairless, so he does not qualify <laughs> right, as a sexy other, lumberjack. Yeah, that's like the other thing. He's like totally hairless. Ugh. And okay, that's that's not his or the actor's fault. That is like the weird Hollywood thing where muscle men yeah. have to wax their chests to be in movies and TV, which is very stupid. Let people have body hair. Oh, I know. I agree. I digress. <sighs> Yeah, anyway. I also let's... don't want to see a hairy chest to Jeremy Gilbert. I just, I want I him feel... to be wearing a hazmat suit at all times. <laughs> You're right. I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we've just talked a lot about Jeremy Gilbert's ripped torso, and I'm very uncomfortable. Moving on. Uh, so, Damon and Elena, they're driving up in the car. And Bonnie walks out the front door and Jeremy's muttering like, they shouldn't be here. (laughs) And Bonnie's all like, they're here to help you. Like, don't you trust me? And she like goes up and like gently takes the axe out of his hand. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, yeah, like, okay, I trust you. Did you notice Bonnie had a tattoo on her wrist? I didn't. I'd never noticed it before. I assume it's probably just Cat Graham has a tattoo, and I couldn't tell yeah. what it was, but I was like, oh, cute. Oh, I know. Yeah, I didn't notice it. Or maybe she has a hunter's mark. Who knows? Oh, gosh. That would be a twist. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a spinoff where Bonnie is a vampire hunter. That would be cool. I mean, she has, I feel like she has, like, a vendetta against vampires, if anyone would, so, yeah. She could be, like, it, it would be a mother-daughter thing. Like, she and Abby would go and be vampire hunters, and Abby would be sort of like a blade situation. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, hello, Marvel. I have a pitch for you. <laughs> but yes, they are all at the lake house. When when did we last see the lake house? Not in a long time, and I was about to talk about how nice it is. Oh mm-hmm. my god. I, I think we all the other scenes we were there at night, maybe? like for parties or something but it's just so nice and beautiful i feel like all the scenes that i remember from that location that weren't like being chased through the house by original vampires or werewolves were like really mushy stuff in elena scenes that i've repressed (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah it did look very nice i was jelly me too look at us we bought our houses and now we're like i want a lake house I do. I One really do. One house is not enough. I know. Uh, um, and then there's one other secret guest here. Um, oh, my God. Who Damon refers to as Professor Shady Pants, uh, which I very much enjoyed. A plus um, nickname. Yes. And Elena said that she invited him, which, okay, like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that, but you do you, Elena. Yeah. So they, like, leave the car, they go to walk in, and Elena says, Jeremy, this is your house now. I can't walk in unless you invite me. Did we see her give the house to Jeremy at any point? I don't remember that, but... I think it just passed to him when she died. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. So, like, just how she lost ownership of the Salvatore boarding house when she died in the sacrifice. She also (laughs) lost ownership of the lake house when she died uh, off of Wickery Bridge. Oh, okay. So it goes to her next of kin. Because I assume she didn't have a will. Though everybody on this show should have a will, absolutely. I agree. I agree. I hope. 
Mary Carol Lockwood had one. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh wait, is Tyler going to become mayor now? I hope so. Actually, no. <laughs> I wish that Sheriff Forbes would become mayor. So it would be like being the queen and the prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just owns the town. <laughs> Although the like brief synopsis of the next episode on HBO Max uh, does say who the interim mayor is going to be. Oh, I didn't notice it. Yeah, and I have very few memories of this character, so we'll see. Interesting. But yeah, then Jeremy is like, you could come in, Elena. And then Elena waltzes in, and Jeremy like walks up to her and just tries to immediately stake her as soon as she walks through the door. <laughs> yeah, he has this like teeny tiny little stake that's like a yeah. splinter of wood that came off one of the logs when he was chopping earlier, and it like features prominently in many scenes in this episode is like you don't have any actual stakes I like know. wasn't there an entire arsenal hidden behind like a false door in this lake house that we found there totally was but whatever he accidentally made a stake and he loves it it's his security stake <laughs> and my personal theory is that it wasn't the hunter instinct that made him try to kill her. It's that she walks in and like very creepily like strokes his bicep. <laughs> and he's like, we're related. Ah! It was a weird, it was a weird caress. I agree. Usually it's Jeremy weirdly caressing Elena and not the other way around. So I'm sure it was very much a shock for him. Yeah. Like he can dish it out, but he can't take it. <laughs> so things are not off to a great start there. No. So then I think we go over to the boarding house mm. where Stefan is, I don't know, reading something. Yeah, he seemed to be reading a diary. Probably his yeah. own. But oh, I, yeah. What was he looking for? It seems like he was on a mission. Yeah, I don't know. What is he even supposed to be doing here? I don't. Yeah, his like job on Klaus Patrol is to get Jeremy to kill more vampires. Yeah. It seems like he's researching something, but I don't know what. Maybe he's just looking for some porn. I don't know. He's single. Yeah, but he can't read for too long because he receives a phone call and it's Caroline. Caroline is uh, in the town square, probably running the show. And she's like, Stefan, if I'm going to be your friend in a time of need, you need to work on your punctuality. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> apparently Stefan was supposed to be there. And I appreciated that because I'm like, be punctual, especially when Caroline is involved. She works very hard to make everybody's life better. The least you can do is show up on time. That's a good point. It's about respect. <laughs> so then Stefan decides to share with Caroline um, that Klaus has the sword and that the sword is the key to finding the cure which we, again, already knew. But then Caroline is like, oh, shit, well, do you have the sword now? And Stefan's like, uh, fuck no. Why would Klaus give me the sword? And she's like, well, you better take care of that and try and get that sword now because the hybrids are planning on taking out Klaus tonight. So she's just ready to share Tyler's plan. Yeah, uh, which she uh, introduces by saying, my boyfriend is a dumbass martyr. I'm like, you're talking to the dumbest ass murder right now. So I don't think you're going to get any sympathy. Good point. Yeah. Strong Stefan vibes on that one. Yeah. And there's also like a little mention of like Stefan thinks that Elena went home 
Oh, because Caroline's asking why Stefan is at the boarding house since he moved Oh, uh, okay. He's like, it's safe. Elena went home because Jeremy's at the lake house with Damon. And Caroline's um, like, oh, is she? Yeah. Because Caroline is like the Elena police this season for some reason, and it's very annoying. Yeah. And this is another scene where somebody explains something that we have already known and like everybody has already known for a long time, but introducing it like it's new information. Cause seven's yeah. like, listen to this very important revelation. Klaus told me that the sword can decipher the map to the cure, <laughs> which means it's the key that we need. And I'm like, Rebecca already told them this like three or four episodes ago. Like, this is not news. Like, right. I get that you want to remind the audience because we haven't talked about it in a few weeks, but don't insult the intelligence of Caroline Forbes. She knows this shit. <laughs> I wish and she that... acts surprised. I know. I was going to say, I wish that she would have just been like, uh, duh, we already knew that. It's sloppy. I don't like it. Yeah. It is. But yeah, we now have our big dilemma of the episode, which is that Tyler's going to body swap with Klaus, but Stefan needs the sword from Klaus. Yes. So they're at odds. How does this keep happening? <laughs> and then we go to the grill. Oh, yes. The grill is a major part of Mystic Falls Winter Wonderland. It's all decked out. And we see Klaus's painting on prominent display there. Yeah. It seems to be a silent auction. And the only other items that I could discern that were up for bid were yoga classes and pottery classes. Wow. I'm like, wow, so many classes. Yeah. Mystic Falls is a real renaissance town. We got artwork. We got pottery classes. Do you think that these classes are taught at Founders Hall? <laughs> I think they're all taught at Mystic Grill. Oh, yeah, you're right. They probably do have, like, a kiln somewhere in the back room at the grill, just in case. They just use the fireplace that's, like, the separator <laughs> between, yes. between, like, the pool area and the, <laughs> the dining room area. Or, like, the pizza oven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our favorite place. Um, so, yeah, Klaus's painting is hanging up, and Caroline and Klaus are just kind of, like, standing there looking at it, and Caroline's like... I like it. There's something lonely about it. And I don't know how they get on the subject, but... Of Charles Dickens? Yes. I was just thinking the same thing because I wrote something about Dickens. I was like, yeah. wait, what? Where did this come from? It did actually come from something. It wasn't an Abraham Lincoln situation. Right. I just You're didn't right. write it down. Same here. But regardless, Klaus ends up with a, Dickens was a dark man. You would have liked him. Does that mean that he knew Dickens? Apparently. Yeah. I wonder if the originals has a lot of flashback episodes where it's like the meeting famous people throughout history, like it's Doctor Who or something. That would be awesome. Because <laughs> like Doctor Who is always doing these episodes where they travel back in time and there is literally one where they hang out with Charles Dickens. Nice. There's one with Shakespeare. There's one with Vincent Van Gogh. And I'm like, I really just want to see the Klaus version of that. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine beauty. Oh my god, it would be called genuine beauty. <laughs> but he asks her if she wants some champagne, which leads to one of the most baffling lines of any episode. 
I didn't write down the exact wording, but basically Caroline is like, I can't drink. There's too many adults around. I'll get in trouble. Right. Yeah. She says that she doesn't want to become a high school cautionary tale. Like, yeah. Since when? The kids are drinking all the time in front of the adults. They're probably getting drunk at like career night. I know. And Mayor Carol Lockwood encourages this and she runs this town. So Caroline has nothing to worry about. But you're right. It was weird that she chose this moment to try and take a stance. But then she quickly changes her mind and she was like, sure, Klaus, get me champagne. (laughs) Yeah, because she says, if we're going to be nice to each other, I'm going to need a drink. Because they're doing their kind of like sort of flirting where Caroline's technically distracting him. But mm-hmm. also it's like their weird vibe because she texts Stefan like, okay, class is here. Go get the sword. Right. And then class is all like, is that all thing? Which I guess he meant just like drinking champagne and being nice to each other. Like they did at the Mystic Falls pageant or Miss Mystic Falls I mean, take out all of the other aspects of the Klaus and Caroline relationship, and, like, that's what I want. I want drinking champagne and being nice to each other in a relationship. Yeah. Goals. Yes. Sign me up. Humans of Earth, if you're interested. (laughs) And, like, how many times are we going to have a scene at the grill where Caroline is distracting Klaus, but also kind of flirting with him for real while something Mm -hmm. else happens? every other episode it's wild but Stefan gets the text so he heads over to house Klaus to go and steal the sword from the least secure safe of all time yeah so he like pops off the handle and (laughs) he like looks at it and of course the sword is gone and then Stefan's like wandering around trying to find it And he, like, comes across, I don't know, just, like, a box of letters, Mm -hmm. of, like, seemingly love letters. And he's, like, glancing through them with, like, little to no explanation or information. Yeah, and sadly, they don't, like, focus on them long enough for us to read them, because I'm sure they were hilarious. I know. But this is just a teaser of a future conversation. Yes. First, we have to have a phone call while Stefan's looking through these letters uh, between him and Damon where he's like the sword's not there bro and Damon's like oh cool well why don't you kill Tyler or tell Klaus about Tyler's plan so he kills Tyler either way Tyler should die that's my plan (laughs) yeah he's not he's not there to save Tyler today (laughs) no he seems to be there to actively murder Tyler like does Damon have beef with Tyler I don't know I don't remember like, if this was Matt he was talking about, it would really track with the rest of the season. Right. But he's kind of, like, okay with Matt now, ever since Matt became a, a use, became a useful detective. Yeah, once Matt started doing smart things. <laughs> now Tyler's on the top of his shit list. Just, probably just for being a dick. He's like, there's only room for one in this town. Yeah. But yeah, Stefan's like, no one's gonna kill Tyler. We're gonna f- figure something out, I don't know. By the way, how'd it go with Elena? Yeah. That's like the whole purpose of this phone call. Uh, and, and Damon's like, oh, yeah, you know, she didn't take it well when I told her to leave. But he's lying, of course, because mm-hmm. we know that he didn't tell her. Uh, he didn't try and unsire her yet. Yeah. And Stefan's being all nice. 
which is like Stefan can only be nice if it will like in some way hurt somebody. I feel like mm-hmm. even though he doesn't know that that's what he's doing, somehow there's probably some instinct in him. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, because he's like, oh, sorry, man. Because he was talking all last week about like, oh, I actually feel sorry for Damon. Like, it sucks that he has to do this. And Caroline was like, yeah, what the actual fuck? Right. But we don't linger with that too long because we have to go back to the lake house where Shane has pulled out his trusty metronome, which I think we last saw when he (laughs) put Bonnie into a trance for seven hours. (laughs) I forgot about the metronome. I, I like watched it when like, obviously it was on the screen. But I had forgotten that it was one of his magical tools <laughs> that he uses for his hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And it's like surrounded by some candles. So we know yeah. that it's a mystical metronome. The mystical met Professor Shane and the mystical metronome. That sounds like a children's book. First in it a does. series. <laughs> Let's write it. Yes. That'll be how we make our millions. It'll be the and top how, of the YA series. Then we could buy our lake house and have it be just as nice as the Gilberts. Are we going to have to timeshare our lake house together and it's going to turn us into enemies? Because we both want to book <laughs> it on the same weekend. No, it won't turn us into enemies. We could share. Okay, good. It could be in Wisconsin, though. Wisconsin has great lakes. It literally has a great lake. I know. I didn't even mean <laughs> for that to be a pun. I just meant I really like the Wisconsin wilderness. But anyway, uh, Professor Shane (laughs) explains that what he's trying to do here with Jeremy is to build a detour from his conditioned state to automatically want to kill vampires. So he's trying to have his mind build a detour to his subconscious to have him recognize Elena as someone that he loves. And then that way, when he sees Elena, instead of just immediately being conditioned to kill her, he'll have the option to choose to kill her or to remember that he loves her and doesn't want to. Okay. You know who would have loved Professor Shane? (laughs) Who? Bill Forbes. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) They both like are very sure that this is the only way yeah. of, like, a situation that's never happened before. But they're like, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. This is some bizarre shit. And also, the whole time that he's explaining this, Jeremy is in a hypnotic trance, and Shane is, like, walking around him, like, sort of, like, handsy with him, like, staring at him very intensely i took some photos i'll probably put on instagram i was like wow is this what he was doing to bonnie when she was hypnotized because i'm not okay with that uh yeah he's like super showy about it he seems to be holding jeremy's hand at the end of this speech (laughs) i missed that part it's very strange (laughs) but bonnie's also like has drank the lemonade of professor shane because she, she has the most nonsense line she says Persuasion helps reverse your subconscious thoughts. What'd you read that? The book of the occult? (laughs) Okay, body. Whatever you say, girl. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, that is word salad. (laughs) All of this means literally nothing. Uh, But they take advantage of Jeremy being hypnotized for Elena to talk to him to try to establish this subconscious love or whatever i loved this scene because (laughs) 
like she's there for this specific purpose and professor shan is like okay go ahead elena and she's like um i don't know what to say (laughs) oh my god and she's like well why did you want to come to the lake house start there Yeah, so luckily she has a prompt, but it just seemed so ridiculous that she just couldn't think of anything to say to, like, bring her brother back to the light side, but... I mean, could you, if it was Jeremy and you were supposed to say something, like, nice about him that would make him want to love you or whatever? I can't put myself in a situation where I'm related to Jeremy, so I don't know how to respond to your question. Yeah, it is a fate worse than death. Oh... But she starts talking about how the lake house means family because they always spend the holidays there as kids. And then after their parents died, Aunt Jenna took them there, even though they thought it was a bad idea. They actually had a really good time. And it's sweet. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Shane is like, so how do you feel about Elena now, Jeremy? And he goes off. He has, like, a very long line, like, speech here. It was shocking. Did you write it down? I wrote down some of it. Jeremy says, well, and he says it in a really monotonous way. Mm -hmm. He's like, she ruined our lives. She's not my real sister. She's the reason everyone I ever loved has died. I will kill her, even if that means I will die myself. Oh my god, tell us how you really feel, Jeremy. Yeah, tell us why you mad. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. I was I was laughing at that. And then everybody looks really awkward, and then it's like, does the metronome stop or something, or somebody claps their hands and suddenly, Jeremy's awake from his trance, and he's like, did it work? Everyone's like, uh. It's unintentionally hilarious yeah it was very funny could they did they not know that scene was funny i don't know i feel yeah. like maybe they actually even did a little bit <laughs> just because like just the lingering off. reaction shots of everybody <laughs> oh it's wild then less hilarious we go to the weird little alley what's weird about this alley is that it's in front of the grill not behind the grill <laughs> I think I, I figured out why it gives me such a weird vibe. And we saw that it is a real thing at the real Mystic Grill on those like Google Maps photos. We did. We did. We saw it in quote unquote real life on Google Maps. Well, we were together in real life looking at Google Maps together. So it felt yes, very real. It did. It was the closest thing we'll get to the Mystic Grill for a little while. <laughs> yes, until we make our pro- uh, Georgia pilgrimage. <laughs> In probably, like, 2032. Right. Uh, Harrison will drive us there. (laughs) Perfect. But yeah, they are there because they have to discuss this whole Klaus situation. And Stefan's like, you gotta call this thing off. Like, it's not chill. It's way more important that we get this sword so I can get my girlfriend back. And Caroline's kind of like, uh, no... But she's, like, not emphatic enough, I guess, because Tyler suddenly emerges. And he's like, actually, I have you heard that I'm the alpha? Because I'm the alpha of this werewolf pack. And I say that, uh, fuck you. And I'm going to get all my hybrid backup dancers to stand around me menacingly, bro. Yeah. And 
Tyler was so upset that Caroline, quote unquote, blabbed to Stefan mm. um, about the plan of the hybrids killing Klaus. Yeah. And I'm giving Tyler shit here, but he does bring up Chris, which I really appreciated. He doesn't use his name, but he's like, oh, well, we already served one of our hybrids up on a platter for your plans. Uh, yeah. But guess what? I don't owe you anything, and these hybrids are my responsibility because, by the way, I'm the alpha now. <laughs> yeah, I I had a lot of respect for Tyler in this scene. Like, Tyler is right. I just, like, every time he mentions being the alpha, I want to throw up. <laughs> but yes, I am Team Tyler in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, so we leave this scene with all of the hybrids surrounding Caroline and Stefan, and makes them nervous. Tyler's like, you don't have a choice. Like, you're coming with us. All right. So we go back to the lake house where Elena is sitting on the beautiful dock looking out onto the lake and then Damon walks out and he's like, you can't look this sad unless you're at a bar. Here's some whiskey. Yes, he brought the bar with him. Yes. (laughs) Like, a better line here would because he says, if you're not sitting on a bar stool, I wish that Elena had replied, any seat is a bar stool if you dream big enough. Yes. <laughs> because Damon has brought a giant bottle of some kind of liquor. Yep. I'm sure he's thinking about Alaric. <laughs> but Elena's, like, not feeling it. She's like, I was stupid to think that this plan would work. Like, everything's fucked. I don't like it. Right. And Damon... Is like, well, maybe there's something else we could try. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we see what it is quite yet because we go over to the young farm. Oh, actually, before that happens, we have a moment that really made me laugh. Oh, what is that? Olena says, last time I was here, I was so completely in love with Stefan. And now that's barely a memory. Oh, yeah. And I must mention that the last time she was here with Stefan... It, they were sitting on this pier having a conversation about memories where Stefan said, this is a future memory, me telling you I love you on this pier. And now she's like, I kind of remember being in love with Stefan here. It's like, <laughs> fuck you, Stefan. Whoa. You burnt. Good recall, Claire. I just remember that line really made me want to barf. So when yeah. she said the word memory while on the pier at the lake house, I was like, oh man, I hope that was a deliberate callback. It has to be. But yes, then we go to the Lockwood dungeon. Oh, is it the Lockwood dungeon? You're right, it is. I thought they were at the Young Farm, but no, it's the dungeon. Yeah, for some reason they have relocated their headquarters from the Young Farm to the Lockwood dungeon. Yeah, closer to town and people can pop out to the Christmas party. (laughs) Location, location, location. Right. So Tyler's basically telling all of the hybrids that they have to keep Stefan and Caroline like locked down there. And he like hands the werewolves like some chains and he's like, you could like lock them up if you have to. I was shocked that he locked up Caroline, too, because she was on his side. Yeah. I was like, okay, I was on your side, Tyler, but why? Yeah, I guess he's just mad that she told Stefan about the plan. Yeah, and he says that she's not on his side. Like, he's giving her this lecture like, oh, you know, I just really wanted you to be on my side for once. Like, the hybrids don't give a shit about a cure because if they took a Mm. cure, then they'd just be werewolves stuck changing at every full moon, whether they like it or not. And I'm like, 
I do kind of understand because of the Chris thing, but also like Caroline didn't do anything wrong this yeah. episode. It was weird. It was. And I think we go back to the lake house. Oh, we do. Yeah. So this is where Damon kind of continues explaining his alternate plan. And mm. he like makes some quip about how Professor Shane is dipping into his magical herbs a little <laughs> bit too much. Um, and Damon's like hypothesis is that he shouldn't be using another vampire, a.k.a. Elena, as Jeremy's quote unquote emotional touchstone but that he should replace Elaine, the thought of Elena with someone that Jeremy like truly, truly cares about instead of just someone that he wants to murder no matter what. Yes, that he has warm and fuzzy feelings for. Warm and fuzzy feelings for. And luckily, Bonnie is standing right there. How convenient. Ugh. And then Jeremy's like, I feel that way about you, Bonnie. I'm like, no, I thought we were over this. Ugh, it's so terrible. <laughs> but luckily, Damon feels the same way as us because he says, well, this isn't awkward at all. I will be anywhere else but here. <laughs> yeah, let me please uh, exit the situation that I created. <laughs> yes. And meanwhile, out on the pier, Elena has wrapped in her, like, Burberry blanket once again. Mm-hmm. And I saw a, like, dark-haired man approaching her. I was like, oh, Damon has gone out to talk to her. But, like, I totally thought it was Damon. But it was actually Professor Shane. And I was like, whoa, they actually do kind of have, like, a similar build. Yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, he comes out and he's like, so I've heard a little about your fucked up relationship. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. (laughs) But he says, Damon is very intuitive. Which I thought was pretty rich yeah it was like a weird line everything this guy says is just like weird but yeah then professor shane just starts dropping some details of his personal life that elena didn't ask for (laughs) so basically he says um or i don't know does elena like ask him i don't know how they got on the subject she said she asked if he knows of any way to break the sire bond She's oh like, right! Oh well, do you happen to know any spells? Because like you know everything else, right? And he says, "There's no spell to stop love, or loving somebody too much." Yeah. By the way, my wife and son died. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, "I've been trying to figure out a way not to miss them, so I would know if there was one of those spells." So we're getting a little backstory about Professor Shady Pants. <laughs> he has some skeletons in the attic. That old attic. <laughs> there was a better did... joke in there somewhere that I might have been able to come up with if I hadn't had so much wine. I've now hey. gotten to this level in my cup. Nice. I approve. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, especially that I had to deal with this episode sober. Oh my god. That's horrible. I need, I need to pour one out for my girl, Carol Lockwood, when when the time comes. Yeah, in a few weeks, you got to get drunk in Carol's honor. I will. <laughs> yes. So Damon comes waltzing out and sees Professor Shane and Elena, like, on the, on the deck. And he's like, tell me why I'm not going to kill you. So he's coming out strong. And he's, like, swinging an axe around. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm like, wait, well, tell me why you should be killing him. I'm confused. I know. That's what I was confused too. I was like, what really changed like between last scene and this scene, except for Damon had a different idea about how to deprogram Jeremy. I'm going to assume it had something to do with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Professor Shane is thinking on his feet. So he's like, uh, listen, you need me around because the sword could lead you to the cure. But so can I. I've already been there. Like, I have all these details. Like, don't kill me. So convenient. Yeah. But of course, it's said in like that professor shane was like has this guy been on soap operas or something because he has this way of like delivering these cliffhanger lines like when he said like the thing about accusing me of mass murder at a beauty pageant because he's like i know where the cure is oh how do you know because i've already been there right like you can hear like in the background when he speaks you totally can so that is a cliffhanger for the moment uh we have to go back to the winter wonderland charity whatever where mary carol lockwood is talking to april i was like i had literally forgotten that april existed because she wasn't in the last episode was she i know same and oh wait, no, she was because she was crowned miss Mis- oh no that was two episodes ago. yeah that was two episodes ago she wasn't in the last one okay because the last one was the flashback <laughs> right 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 i'm having trouble remembering because life <laughs> no worries yeah April is here in her capacity as Miss Mystic Falls. So she's like wearing her crown and she's wearing a blue dress, not the red dress that she won in. Oh, yes. But Carol's like, oh, April, you must collect the gifts or something with the gifts. And she says, yes, (laughs) ma'am. Very earnestly. Yes. And then Carol comes across Tyler and she has like two glasses of champagne and she's like, Tyler, let's have a quick toast before people can judge us. And again, they're talking as though the kids don't get crunk in public all the time. Right? I know. Nobody cares. But I really love this moment because she says, oh, there you are. Or here you are. And she starts, like, approaching Tyler. But I didn't notice Tyler at first because... (laughs) There's this, like, waitress with a tray of champagne glasses, and I thought she was just really excited to see the waitress. Like, oh, thank God, booze. Yes, she could have been talking about that, for sure. I mean, why not both? But yes, they do a toast, and they have this conversation where all of a sudden we're having these suspiciously, like, heartwarming scenes between Tyler and Carol, as though, like, maybe something's going to happen to Carol later. Uh Uh-oh. I wasn't picking up the vibes that they were putting down. I just thought it was like, I don't know what I thought. I mean, but... I was picking it up because I knew it was going to happen. I was yeah. Like, oh, no, I was right. This is the one where she dies. Yeah. I can't believe you knew that she died this whole time as I've been fangirling over Carol Lockwood. I know. Every time it you must like, have been hard. one of her quotes, I'm like, I know. oh, how much time do we have left with her? <laughs> I knew it happened this season, but I wasn't uh-huh. sure how far into the season. So I was hoping we had more time. Yeah, uh, it's okay though, because Tyler like starts telling Carol all about like his giant plan and like about how he's the alpha and that all the other werewolves are looking to him for help and that he's going to be solidified into concrete so he'll miss graduation. 
oh, just a casual mother-son conversation. <laughs> yeah, and, like, Carol has, like, a heartfelt moment where she's like, your father would have been proud of you. Like, you're a leader just like he was, but... That's also not a Tyler's... nice thing to say. No, Tyler's dad was a piece of shit. And also, you're a leader of people, too, Mayor Carol Lockwood. Yes, I you know. You inherited that title and you ran with it. <laughs> yes. You made it your own. Uh, yeah. But she's trying to be nice. She is. <laughs> it's just a very strange uh, way to do it. Yeah. But they have a an emotional hug, like, oh, we love each other. Yeah, the the writers have to remind us that they have a nice mother-son relationship before they totally destroy it. Yep. And so that we know that Tyler will be very upset about this turn of events. Of course. Of events. Yep. And another thing that I had to, you know, keep to myself uh, from previous episodes with future knowledge, uh-huh. when you were saying, like, I don't care about this whole Silas story, like, whatever, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's not going to come back. I know. I uh, When I... <laughs> When I was watching this scene, I was like, oh, okay, this is what he was talking about mm-hmm. at the occult exhibit. Yes, because he has that giant mossy rock that April was lugging around for him. <laughs> and he does not explain in any of this, like, no! what the rock has to do with anything. And I don't remember, like, is Silas in this rock? I don't know what the rock is. I wrote old ass rock. Is <laughs> Silas, like, three notes. inches long? Yeah, is the spell just, like, rolled up very tightly and, like, in the middle of that rock? I think at the exhibit he had said the rock was, like, the first tombstone. But he's just carrying around this rock and he doesn't mention it throughout any of his stories. So I just thought that was very funny. Also, you would think if he was carrying this rock around from location to location, he would have, like, a little bowling ball bag or something. He's just like carrying it around in an old towel. It's so weird. Did he weird. bring it to the lake house just in case somebody like threatened his life? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But he didn't need it. It's he not even a visual it. aid. It's just a rock. <laughs> it brings, it adds nothing to this scene <laughs> or this episode. Ugh. Least valuable player. This yes. rock. Yes. Uh. <laughs> But he is like, okay, let me explain to you some things that you probably didn't pay attention to at the occult exhibit because they were stupid. Yes, present. There was a witch called Silas. I love that they call men witches on this show. I do appreciate that. Yeah. I've been listening to this podcast called The Gaily Prophet about Harry Potter. Oh. (laughs) And they refer to all, uh, to magic doers of all genders as witches as like a point. Oh, and so it made nice. me think of that. I was like, oh, they already just do call her, call everybody witches on this show. There's no wizards. Yeah. Highly recommend The Gaily Prophet, by the way. It's very funny. Is it like a, is it book by book or is it just like topics or what? It's chapter by chapter of each book. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. Yes. I'm in book two right now. Nice. Anyway, this is not a Harry Potter podcast somehow. Um, yeah, he says that there was this witch called Silas, and he had a best friend who was also a witch, and he was in love with this other chick. And, like, we heard this all in the Occult Exhibit episode, but it was kind of in the background. So I actually, like, understand why they're rehashing it for us. Sure. But that, like, 
He wanted to make an immortality spell for his girlfriend. I don't know if it was because he was already immortal or he just wanted them to be immortal together. I don't know. But he had taken the potion or the spell or whatever. But then his best friend, which they don't say her name here, but they said it at the occult exhibit. It's Ketsia. She was in love with him. So she killed the girlfriend. And Silas, Silas was like, fuck, well, I'm immortal now and she's dead. So what's the point? It's kind of like a Damon and Catherine 1864 vibe. Right. So he's like, I want to cure my immortality so that I don't have to live forever without my love. But before he could take it, Ketsia buried him alive in rock, sort of like Tyler was going to do to himself. Wow, Ketsia. That's cold. Ice cold. It is. So Silas is just sleeping there somewhere under the ground and apparently he has the cure so if you find silas you find the cure right and i guess that professor shane like his whole leverage in the situation is that he knows where silas is and he's only gonna tell them i don't know when the time is right yeah he says he's not gonna tell them until this might come up later but um he's not gonna tell them until Jeremy's hunter's mark is complete because the tattoo also contains the spell that you need to wake Silas up. Okay. And apparently he's just really hot for Silas. He wants to meet Silas because he's horny for history or something. Oh yeah. That's his claim. For educational purposes. Yes. It's for science. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Thank you for explaining that. I was worried I was going to have to. I figured that you wouldn't want to. It would have been a struggle and it's so boring. I don't, (laughs) I don't know why I don't like this story, but I really don't. I also don't. And I remember the last time that I tried to rewatch the show before we started the podcast, um, Mm -hmm. I had gotten to season four. And when they started talking about Silas, I was like, oh God, I can't. (laughs) This is not interesting. I can't keep watching this. So I started watching something else and I never went back. So oh my I, god. Every That's episode so from like here on, I think, uh-huh. I've only seen once. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe twice for some of them. But yeah. Sil- I mean, I have some memories of where the Silas thing goes that are not super boring. But uh-huh. I think for the bulk of the season, the Silas storyline just makes me roll my eyes. Yeah, they just keep talking about it, and it's, like, so intangible that I don't remember it. Also, I associate the name Silas with my brother because my parents had one of those, like, baby name books, and we used to Uh always look at it and laugh because they had, like, written down the names that they were considering naming us, and some of them we thought were really funny, and one of the names that was the finalist for my brother was Silas. Nice. We were like, what's Silas? It was uh, Silas and Sebastian were the two names that they were considering. And it was like the Little Mermaid era. So we were like, you're going to name Sebastian? That's so stupid. <laughs> That's so funny. And such a sibling thing to like just call your brother Silas. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. I always think of how we thought Silas was such a stupid name that Tom could have had. <laughs> I don't know how they had Silas and Sebastian and landed on Thomas. I know. That's like a... It's a lot more like, not, I don't want to say basic, but it's just more of a traditional name than the other two for sure. There's nothing wrong with the name Tom until uh, one of Tom's siblings has a kid and suddenly you're faced with uh, the uncomfortable situation of having to be called Uncle Tom. Oh, yeah. I so he's Uncle Tommy. That. That's good. There you go. Anyway, enough about my brother who is not named Silas. Shane is like, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. 
somebody asks him like well what's in this for you i think it's even elena who asks which is unusual yeah. for her. usually she would just accept it and be like oh tight but yeah he's like i'm just really curious about silas he seems real cool so don't worry about it <laughs> So after we are dropped with all of that education, um, we go back over to the Lockwood dungeon where Caroline and Stefan are like being intimidated by the werewolves. And then Stefan gets a phone call and like he goes to answer it. And he's like, oh, it's just my brother. Like he says it to like all the werewolves and they're all like, oh, OK. Yeah, so like, he couldn't yeah. be like, hey vampire yeah. brother of mine come rescue me and bring a posse i know oh my gosh it was so funny but stefan's pretty much calling to say like i found the answer to your tyler problem like you don't actually need the sword we have like an alternate because of all of the things that you just said claire <laughs> um and yeah that's like the purpose of this scene is just for stefan and caroline to find out that they don't need the sword so they could, yes. like, allow the events to proceed. What a relief. Yes. And meanwhile, <laughs> we get to see Jeremy's drawing again of the tattoo. <laughs> yes. And I was really excited because Shane is, like, showing everybody what the things on the tattoo mean. And we might remember Connor talking about how he murdered his friend that one time. And that's when this lady part of his tattoo appeared. And we find out here that that's actually part of the tattoo showing a lady being killed by a witch so it wasn't just like that oh. lady friend of yours that you killed just appeared on your arm conveniently <laughs> yeah he's like this is where this happened and this is where that happened so there's all these symbols of the story but once it's finished it'll show the spell wow i think i already probably explained all of that earlier because i thought it had already happened but it happens here no you didn't you didn't and now we know. So my notes get a little jumbly here, but I think what happens is that Caroline meets up with Haley and Tyler at the grill. Yes, they're in the bathroom at the grill. Oh, of Also course. known as the hottest hookup spot in Mystic Falls. <laughs> yeah, as you are. But instead of an FFM threesome, <laughs> they're just having an awkward fight. Yes, so basically, Caroline says that Tyler doesn't need to be drowned in concrete because instead of their original plans, that they, since they don't need the sword anymore, they should just put Klaus into Rebecca's body and re-dagger it, and then Tyler doesn't have to be involved at all. Right. Or like, Tyler's. Rebecca's already daggered, and they just like have oh, yeah. her body in a coffin in the lockwood dungeon so it's like yeah. why didn't anybody think of this before i guess when tyler's the alpha of the pack like good ideas are not possible yeah no for sure and tyler's like oh sweet that's a great idea i i don't have to sacrifice myself dang yeah but Haley does not look so happy and she sends a secret text while they're having this discussion to professor shane and she's like the plan is falling apart and then Caroline calls Bonnie just to double check that this will work correctly because, of course, Bonnie would know. And Caroline's like, what if we put Klaus's essence into Rebecca's body? Like, will it work? And Bonnie's like, yeah, it should. And then Bonnie says something so weird here. She's like, do you need me to come? I could leave Elena here with Jeremy. Like, 
She yeah. just, like, brings it up out of nowhere. It's just, like, an awkward way for Caroline to find out that Elena is at the lake house and not at home. Yeah. And Caroline is very upset about that, but she tells the heir, basically. She tells the audience, I don't have time for this. Yes. <laughs> so she's going to p- put a pin in her anger about the uh, Delena situation. Mm-hmm. But she hangs up and Haley's been standing there this whole time. Tyler left to do something. Maybe, like, find Rebecca's body or something. But Haley's like, oh, yeah, I guess that all worked out great, huh? And Caroline goes to leave and Haley just snaps her neck. Dang. And I had to remind myself, do werewolves have super strength when they're not activated? But I think they do because of that one time that Tyler kicked the trash can really hard. I think they do, but I feel like we don't see it that often. Yeah, I was surprised that she was able to neck snap her, but yeah. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So we've Caroline known that didn't see it coming. Haley was up to no good, but now she's crossed a line. She's gone off after our girl Caroline. Yep. Not cool, Haley. I don't approve. Meanwhile, at the lake house, Elena is talking with Damon, and she's like, Damon, I just know that Shane is going to get us through this. I really trust him. And Damon's like, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I think he blew up 12 people over at the young farm. (laughs) And Shane was like standing right behind him. So I really wish he would have said, did you really just accuse me of mass murder at your girlfriend's (laughs) lake house? (laughs) That would have been perfect. And... I was shocked to realize by Elena's reaction that she had not heard about this. Like, apparently she is not in the loop on, like, all of of Matt's findings about Professor Shane. Like, she didn't know that Damon suspected him. Yeah, it's weird that they didn't tell her, huh? Yeah. But then Attic is like, oh, well, uh, no, that's stupid. Pastor Young was very depressed because his wife died of cancer and he wanted me to give him some supernatural assistance, whatever the fuck that means. But... It didn't work, and I I didn't realize that he would go so far as to take 11 other people with him. And I was like, wait, who was it that April was telling that Shane told her that her dad wasn't suicidal? I think it was Jeremy. So apparently nobody's been sharing information with each other, or Elena would have known this was bullshit. Yeah, there's rumors. That Shane, he's a slippery critter. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Bonnie and Jeremy come waltzing in, looking all lovey-dovey, and they're they're there to test the new emotional touchstone process, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, So, like, Jeremy is, like, walking over to Elena, and Professor Shane is like, remember the detour, Jeremy, and choose the right path. (laughs) Jeremy hands Damon, like, this little splinter of wood that he's been carrying around all day. Uh But yeah, he goes up to Elena, and after a minute of, like, tension, they, like, go ahead and hug, and everyone's smiling, and it's a nice moment. I just wrote that Jeremy hugs Elena erotically. <laughs> it was As it was always. a long embrace. He's always, a whole, like, cradling the back of her neck and, like, squeezing her hair. Yeah. I'm like, that is not what you do to your sibling. No, it's not. I mean, I have skewed perspectives because my family is very touch-averse. Like, we don't hug each other much. We, like, are not physically affectionate. So any physical affection between siblings always looks creepy to me. (laughs) Yeah, they're friends again. Yay. Congrats, I guess. Sure. 
Meanwhile, back at the party, it's nighttime now, and we see a shot of Klaus and Haley talking. But Stefan approaches, and Haley walks away, and Klaus is like, she doesn't like me very much. But from what happens later, pretty sure she was uh, giving him some information yeah. that he was not very pleased about in this moment. Right. What does Stefan say to Klaus here? Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't know... Oh, yeah. So Klaus is like, oh, hi, Stefan. You know, what's going on here? You've been dodgy and Caroline's been lovely. And that's usually a sign of the fact that you're distracting me. He's finally caught on. <laughs> yeah. And Stefan is basically like, listen, I don't trust you. Um, so I went to go find the sword. But instead, all I found was like all of your letters. And Klaus is all like, well, my letters are, like, the same thing as you do when you're a ripper and you write people's names on the wall. And he, like, goes on to this, like, whole thing about how him and Stefan are both so lonely and that's why they, like, memorialize their dead. And in the end, they're utterly alone. It, like, just, like, goes to, like, a really dark place immediately. Yeah. And this actually reminded me of the second Vampire Diaries book. I think I mentioned when I was recapping it a couple weeks ago that there's this really weird scene where Bonnie is like, it would be really romantic to be murdered, like strangled to death by somebody you were into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because Klaus says this thing like, for a moment, you hold their life literally in your hands and you're so connected <laughs> to them and blah, blah, blah. But then you snuff them out completely and then you're alone. I was like, oh, it's sort of like the reverse of what Bonnie in the book was yeah. saying. It's equally creepy. Yikes. I did like in the scene, like, Stefan says something to him when he first walks up, like, about, I think about, like, not needing this, the tattoo or, mm -hmm. or the sword at all. Oh, right. But he, like, doesn't give details. And Klaus says, I'm not interested in vagaries, Stefan. But, like, I have the subtitles on, so I'm, like, reading the line before he says it. And I just said, I'm not interested in V-A-G. And I was like, whoa, what's Klaus <laughs> going to be saying here? Whoa. <laughs> I'm not interested in vaginas. All right, we're getting right to it. <laughs> finally. <laughs> really going to finally proposition Stefan right here at... You're going to do this here at the Winter at the Wonderland? <laughs> sure. At the event. Winter Wonderland. <laughs> the holidays bring out the best in all of us. Yeah. So apparently these letters, I thought these were like love letters that Klaus had been like writing to people, but apparently he just like took the love letters that his victims had been writing to like their significant others is the yeah. implication. And I was yeah. like, I thought there was going to be a reveal of some like great love of Klaus's life. But as we know, Klaus is a virgin. So this actually makes more sense to me. It does. It does. <laughs> but yeah. Weirdly, Stefan is affected by this speech, as we learn later. Yeah. First, we have to have a very hilarious scene back in the bathroom. The oh, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is where things really start to go off the rails. So <laughs> April walks into the bathroom and she, like, is trying to go into the stall and there's something, like, leaning up against it. And she's like, oh, sorry. And then she's like, actually, wait. And then she, like, opens the door and Caroline's dead body just, like, falls out. And April is, like, checking if there's a pulse and there's not. So she, like, starts, like, screaming for help. 
And I guess that wakes Caroline up from the dead because she like stands up and like immediately zooms over to the door and she calls Stefan and she's like, hey, like you have to go over to the Lockwood cellar and make sure like Rebecca's body is still there. I think she calls Haley like the werewolf slut and is like, yeah, she says that little werewolf slut has lost her mind. Oh, yeah. Like, Caroline, I always want to root for you, you, but stop. Yeah. But this is so funny because the whole time April's, like, flipping out. She's like, you were dead. You had no pulse. And Caroline doesn't even, like, put a finger up to be like, just a second, honey. She just, like, completely ignores her and makes this call to Stefan. Yeah. And you see April reacting to her saying, like, Rebecca's body. Because yeah. as we all know, she's been wondering where Rebecca's been this whole time. Yeah, she's the only person in the whole town that's looking for Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, so she finishes her call with Stefan and then turns to April and like very condescendingly is like, you're not going to remember any of this that happened. You're Miss Mystic Falls and you have duties to fulfill. <laughs> <sighs> and it's very obvious that the compulsion doesn't work. And I'm surprised that Caroline didn't notice because because Car- uh, April's still like kind of freaking out. She's like, okay, bye, I guess. Yeah, she's like, oh, all right. So yeah, April like rushes out of the bathroom and then Caroline follows her and she runs into Matt and she's like I don't know she says something mean about how how come the only time that April isn't following Matt around like a lost puppy is when she was in the bathroom and saw her dead oh my god and Matt's like wait what the fuck like she's wearing Jeremy's vervain bracelet she can't be compelled Oops. so now we got a problem I've forgotten about their little gambit to get April to wear that bracelet. Oh my god. And she's been wearing it. She's wearing Jeremy's fucking leather cuff with her, like, fancy Miss Mystic Falls outfit. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even think about that. I need to go back and, like, rewind and, I like, didn't look notice it. it. It just, like, occurred to me now yeah. that it must be what happened. Because I was like, oh, I didn't notice her wearing a bracelet. But yeah. that must be why she couldn't be compelled. And then Matt confirmed it. <laughs> but she's like, oh shit, this is, like, the last fucking thing I need right now. Uh, yeah so this is where shit really starts taking off mm-hmm. yeah we go outside where tyler has arrived and he's looking for his mom and his leaving her a voicemail oh right yeah so he's like letting carol know that there's a new plan and that he probably won't have to be buried in concrete and that he'll see her later to pick her up or whatever to be her sober sober sponsor ride or whatever oh yes the designated driver yes (laughs) and then Haley like walks up to tyler and she just has a lot of news to share yeah so basically she tells tyler that this whole thing was a ruse like there's no witch um she made the whole thing up she never intended to like kill klaus and that she just needed him for the sacrifice um, and that there needed to be 12 and that she was sorry. Yeah, and that she can't tell him who, but she made a deal with somebody who was going to tell her about her family. And Tyler's like, wait, what the fuck now? And she's yeah. like, never mind. Like, if you run now, you might live. <laughs> and he runs. Yep. I'm very confused by what has happened here, though. Like, I guess we could talk about it at the end after we well, see what shakes out with klaus 
So, like, while they're having this conversation, we see Klaus... Or we see all the hybrids congregated in the woods, like, waiting for whatever plan they think is going to happen. But uh-huh. then Klaus comes up and just starts murdering all of them with his right. fancy new sword and his fists. While oh, while oh Holy Night plays in the background. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah, it is a little confusing right now, but Haley does mention, or somebody mentions at some point, like, that, or, like, what has happened is that Haley has set this whole thing up so that the hybrids would be congregated in a place, and she would tell Klaus that they were planning to kill him or body swap him so -hmm. that he would get mad and murder all of them. But why does she need them to be murdered? I don't know if she... Even she knows why, but she's okay. doing it for Professor Shane. Okay. Because he says he need he keeps saying he needs twelve. So like, right. this is some kind of sacrifice of twelve hybrids for some reason. That okay. we do not know. That we don't so we don't know why. Okay, no. got it. Got it, got it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a little bit of information about like what's going on, but not enough for us to actually understand what the fuck's going on. Gotcha. So that's so about right for the show. And of course, we go from this massacre over to the lake house where there's a heartwarming Christmas moment between Elena, <laughs> Bonnie, and Jeremy. Oh, I didn't realize how funny that was until we like said said it out loud. Although it is also sort of a horrifying moment because they're going through a bunch like boxes of Christmas decorations, and Elena pulls out some mistletoe and says, "Jenna used that to make out with Logan Fell." There are some there are some memories that should be left in the past, Elena. Yeah. Why? I mean, if we want to talk about any member of the Fell family, it should be Tina. It should be Tina. Also, I'm wondering if Meredith ever comes back because I don't remember. Oh wow! I don't care either way. She was such a big part of last season, and she's like yeah. popped up twice this season. It's like usually in that scenario where like somebody who had fulfilled her role. They would have been killed off and then we don't hear about them ever again or they would have left town. But like, as far as we know, she's still like working at the hospital, but like maybe they just realized that she was an unpopular character and so they just don't want to have her around anymore. Or maybe like she and Paul Wesley got divorced in real life so they didn't want to have her around anymore. (laughs) Now she's just hanging out in her disgusting apartment. Oh, right. It's so filthy. There's books on the floor. And Chinese food. One Chinese food container on a desk. What a slob. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like David's sitting outside looking in fondly on Elena, Bonnie, and Jeremy, like reminiscing about Christmas past. And Elena grabs the mistletoe and like goes out to him and like tries to get him to kiss her. And he still won't. But he's like, oh, it's like good to see you acting all normal in there with your brother. You need to be like that. He says, I want that for you. Oh, yeah. And then he mentions that he and Stefan loved Christmas when they were kids. It was their fave, but they haven't celebrated since they became vampires. That's a long time to not celebrate Christmas. Well, they were, like, not on speaking terms for that entire time, except for, like, five minutes in 1912 and then 20 minutes in 1942. Right, right. So I don't think either of those times was Christmas. (laughs) And probably last year, because as we established, like, it's only been a year since the show started. 
they probably were not they had bigger fish to fry whenever christmas last happened yeah that's true (laughs) but damon's having a lot of feelings and he's like listen you know i think i am gonna sire bond you right now it's white fang o'clock so uh you're gonna leave i'm gonna be jeremy's new dad like i'm gonna train him as a hunter and help him kill enough vampires to finish his tattoo and you're gonna be free i set you free that'll make me happy that's what i want (sighs) yep and elena is not happy about it she's like what the fuck yeah she's like no no the mistletoe didn't work I thought you were easier than Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah. She's like, how did Jenna work this magic? <laughs> so Damon did the right thing by Stefan and Elena, apparently. Mm-hmm. But you know he's going to catch shit for, like, delaying it for one day while also not touching Elena at all. Yeah, I know. Which is annoying. It's, yes, it is. And we get a sneak preview of that, I think, because we go to the boarding house where... Caroline and Stefan are hanging out and Caroline is like, well, I can't find April or Tyler. So like shit's fucked. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Cause as far as she knows, like the Klaus plan is still happening. Yeah. But she's worried. Like she has to find April to like take the bracelet off and compel her for real. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And while Caroline is like having all these thoughts, Stefan is just sitting like, stone-faced alone on the couch and she's like hey are you okay is this like how you react in a crisis and he's like well you know like i thought that i would be happier like seeing klaus getting led over to his death but i just like feel guilty and caroline's like yeah like me too and they get into a conversation about how like they're not really much different from klaus and that they've all like done fucked up things and the only difference between them and Klaus is that they have like family and friends like around them and Klaus doesn't. But this is intercut with like all of the murder scenes, I think, right? Yeah, or like yeah. it's recently after we just saw Klaus okay, massacre right. twelve people just because like his feelings were hurt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. And it's really just a segue for Caroline to share some information with Stefan because he says, like, they have family they can trust, and Klaus doesn't, and Caroline's oh, like, yeah. trust is everything. Uh, by the way, Elena and Damon are have been together this whole time, just so you know. <laughs> and she says it in such, like, a coy way. She's like, speaking of trust, or something like, something, like stupid. Yeah, they're like, has Damon yeah. mentioned where Elena is? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And, oh, oh, yeah, she gosh. doesn't even say it. She just, like, says these leading clues, and Stefan's like, wait a second, are they together? How together are they? How together are they, Caroline? And she just, like, <sighs> looks awkward, and he, like, intuits, like, oh, they're genitally together. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Uh, genitally. <laughs> Oh, boy. And then Stefan. Oh, well, I guess this happens maybe a few minutes later, but he we might just as well like, say it now. Yeah, he like knocks over like one chess piece dramatically. <laughs> and, then, and then he decides that that's like not enough. So he just like is like, and just like lifts up like a whole chess piece and table and like throws it across the room. And he's like smashing shit up and he's getting his anger out. It reminds me of Ripper Stefan a little bit. Yeah. Because we don't usually see Stefan lose his cool. 
It's also very much like something that happens in one of the books that I've listened to so far. It's uh, I forget. I think it's like he's just found out that Damon has been behind all this weird shit and like that he's probably going to have to leave town or something. I don't know. But he like wrecks his apart, like his room at the boarding house because he lives at the boarding house in the books, but it's not the Salvatore boarding house. It's just like a hotel in town. Oh, (laughs) so he smashes up his room. And, like, when Elena comes there later, she's like, oh, my God, such violence. But this reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, he loses his shit. And, again, I'm like, you already know that she left you for him. I think it's fucked up that Caroline doesn't specify that they fucked before either of them knew about the sire bond. And that she's just assuming that that's what they're doing now. Because it's not. Like, she has no information to go off of. All she knows is that Elena and Damon have been together in the same place as Professor fucking Shane, Bonnie, and Jeremy. Were they having an orgy? Like, I am very confused and annoyed by Caroline in this scene. Like, everything that has to do with Caroline and the Stefan, Damon, Elena love triangle this season... Mm-hmm. Like makes me not like Caroline as much, which I feel like yeah. is the fault of the writers more than the character of Caroline, because I feel like she's acting out of character. Yeah, I know. We talked about that. I think you're right. Like, it doesn't seem like her to just like completely abandon Elena. Like, it seems like she has. Like, with all of the ways that she's been sharing information. Yeah, it's very annoying, and yeah. it's more annoying than that to be is like how specifically mad Stefan is that, like, Elena and Damon had sex. Like, grow the fuck up. Ugh, I know. It's just, like, rubbing body parts against each other. Like, people do it every single day. I know. That's what I was going to, like, bring up in Why Are Men, but I feel like we should just talk about it now since we're on the subject, is, yeah. like, the fact that the thing that sets Stefan over the edge is, quote-unquote, how together Elena and Damon were, and that, like... The fact that they, like, had sex is some sort of, like, bridge too far and, like, suddenly, like, everything's different. And it just, like, perpetuates, like, the idea that, that, like, sleeping with people, like, is wrong and, like, that, like, virgins are pure and, like, all of this shit. It's just, uh, it's so frustrating to, like, see Stefan act out this way because the thing that sets him over the edge is the fact that they slept together who cares you slept together like it's fine yeah and like i understand like sex is an emotional thing and like it would be upsetting but i don't understand why it is more upsetting than the breakup was in the first place because damon was already the reason they broke up yeah it's like they just consummated that feeling that he already knew she had and to your point, like earlier, I feel like the emotional bond should be the thing that is more concerning, especially for someone as like sensitive as Stefan, instead of like the physical aspect of it. Yeah. And it reminds me of like something that you said at the end of season two, where like when Elena was going to be sacrificed, she and Stefan just like made out a lot to say goodbye. And you were like, that's not what I would want to do. I want to, would want to like have a significant conversation with yeah. my loved one. If it was the last time we were going to see each other, not just like make out a bunch. <laughs> it's like, I get that it's like TV and it's a sexy yeah. TV show. So like physical demonstrations of love carry more significance, whatever, but it's just so annoying to me. Yeah. 
Me too. I I see why they would do it this way. But as like an adult human thinking about it, I'm just like, oh my God, everybody grow up. You are literally over a hundred years old. (laughs) Uh, I know. But it was very hilarious when he knocked down the one chess piece. (laughs) And I think it was like the king too, or like the queen. I don't know. Like it was like one of the important pieces. It was so. It was like such a prominent shot of him knocking over the chess piece. Anyway, that's a very annoying scene that I don't like. But then shit gets like genuinely sad because we see Tyler going to the woods to like the meeting point where the hybrids were going to do their planning and he finds all of their dead bodies and he's like but I was their alpha I know I oh. found them yeah so Tyler's feeling super sad and we like I think cut into some scenes of him like exploring around with Bonnie and Jeremy saying goodbye to each other because I guess what's happening is that oh yeah well we know this because oh yeah I skipped David a, explains a scene. that sorry no, it's all good. I think it I think it is cut together. Um, but yeah, so we know that Damon is now volunteered to live at the lake house and take care of Jeremy and be his new dad. So <laughs> Jeremy's like hugging Bonnie goodbye. Damon's hugging Elena goodbye. And Elena's all like, I really like wanted to fight you on this. But everything in my body is like telling me just to like get in the car and go. So it seemed like the white fanging <laughs> worked. And we uh, call that a reverse Christina Aguilera because her heart's saying let's go, but her body's saying no. Yes, the reverse Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I love it. Ugh. And then Tyler discovers the bodies. Ugh, yes, and, and he's sad. Yeah, and the last one, like, when Klaus was doing the slaughter, like, the very last one was Kim, who he, like, chased into the dungeon and asked where Tyler was. Oh, yeah. She says, I don't know, and did she know, or was she protecting him? I couldn't tell. I think she didn't know. I didn't know where he was. Because I thought maybe this was, like, a significant thing, like, oh, he really was the alpha. He won her trust, and she was protecting him. Oh, but I would she... like to think that the show was smart enough to do that, but I don't think yeah. that they did, that they were. So he decapitates her there, yep. and so that's the last body that Tyler finds, and he's, like, really mad. And then, like, he leaves the dungeon and suddenly, like, pans around a corner, and April's just standing there. Oh, my God. Like, uh, the fuck is my life? I know. And then she, like, just waltzes over to the, to Rebecca's coffin and opens it and she's like because <gasps> Rebecca's all gray and ashen because she's daggered so now we got an April problem I actually thought that was really sweet that like she was so traumatized by everything she heard Caroline say but like she picked up on like you gotta check on Rebecca to see Rebecca's body is still there and she wants to find her friend so she went to the tomb to yeah. find Rebecca and help her it is nice. I'm like, wow, April, you actually like did something interesting. Thank you. <laughs> I was I was thinking when I was watching this, I was like, is April going to actually become a character now? Right. So yeah, we don't know what's gonna happen now, but she has found Rebecca's body. Yes. And then I'm gonna let you take it from here because I know this was a very personally upsetting moment for you. <sighs> you yeah. deserve to work through it. So Carol was just living her best drunk life she died as she lived so she's like she's like 
wandering around the after party um and she like calls tyler and she's like tyler where are you i know that you were gonna be my sober ride home i feel like i literally drank half the party okay ttyl and then she hangs up and goes to sit and just take a rest next to the fountain and klaus comes up and klaus looks so scary so he's like smattered in blood he's like holding a booze bottle or maybe a champagne bottle and he walks up to mayor carol lockwood and she's like he's like hello carol what's tyler she's like please don't hurt him tyler's all that i have and klaus is like oh yes that's the beauty isn't it he's all you have and you're all he has and then he just takes her head and drowns her in the fountain at the center of town and it's like a graphic scene like they show her like struggling to breathe the whole time and it's like it's really sad so yeah he kills her she drowns and he like leaves her like head in the fountain so she's like slumped over the fountain and that's how it ends yeah and just thinking about the way that he left her body people are 100% gonna think that she just got so drunk that she passed out in the fountain and died oh my god I didn't even think I didn't even think about that but they totally will that's so sad it is really sad but as he said at least she was like happy drunk in her last moments on this earth yeah Uh, didn't she like sleep with klaus at some point or were they just like heavy flirters they definitely flirted at some point yeah i don't think there has been any actual like concrete evidence that she has slept with any of these young handsome vampires right but i believe in my heart that she has probably not with klaus because again he is a virgin oh that's right i think she probably definitely fucked cole and probably tried to fuck Elijah, but Elijah is possibly asexual, so I don't think that probably worked for her. Right, I could, yeah. Ugh, poor Carol. Yes, it is a tragedy, and uh, in the background of this whole scene is uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which is the yeah. most depressing Christmas song of all time, so it's very appropriate. And yeah. they used the original depressing lyrics, which they usually change to something more cheerful in modern versions. Oh, I didn't like, know that. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. Like after then we'll have until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. Like uh, oh yeah, the real bummer. Like meet me in St. Louis lyrics. Yeah. So oh. yeah, that was an effective use of Christmas music. It was. I liked the the Christmas songs that they picked for this episode. Yeah, it was cute that they wanted to do a Christmas episode. I feel like a lot of it was awkwardly shoehorned in, but I was like, oh, it's the holidays. Yeah, it was, but I love a Christmas episode so much of anything that I don't that I don't mind. Yeah, and I really want to take pottery classes at the grill. Me too. Oh, you get a beer, a burger. There's Ooh. the kiln. The what? What's the spinny thing? The wheel. The potter's wheel. And probably there are ghosts there who might be romantic with you. Who knows? Hey, we gotta go. We gotta find out. The other side is always watching, as we've learned. The Larix <laughs> ghost is probably there spooning everybody. Yes! Oh my gosh. I just want to sit down and have a bourbon with Ghost Alaric. <laughs> We're definitely going to have to pour one out for Alaric at the grill whenever we make it there. Yes. 
Oh my gosh, wait, is the fountain really in the center of the town? I have no idea. I don't recall ever seeing this fountain before. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. that's a good point. We'll see. Or I, I feel like we saw it. I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of this episode, which was full of action. It full was. Of drama, full of hilarity, intentional and otherwise. And a lot of information as well. Yes. Yes. So the information that I'm particularly interested in right now is who you want to punch. I have to punch Klaus. Of course. Yeah. I mean, he killed all the hybrids and then he killed Carol out of just cold-blooded spite, I guess, against Tyler. Um, Carol alone is worth 12 hybrids. Yeah, I know. That's the only choice, I feel like. Who do you want to punch? You could pick the same one if you if we need to. I mean, I'm going to let you have Stefan because I think it's so personal to you. Or Klaus. I'm going to choose <laughs> Stefan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I am that's, a little drunk at this point. I that's just finished also, my dinosaur sippy cup of wine. Hooray! That's also a very good choice. <laughs> yes, I'm going to punch Stefan for all the reasons we already talked about, about his reaction to shit. Yeah. Uh, that's a good choice and because like this is another episode where i almost want to punch caroline because like she calls Haley a slut and like she's being way overly invested in the love triangle but i just feel like the character of caroline is being done a disservice in this season so i don't want to punch her because it's not her fault yeah because i firmly believe that caroline exists outside of the canon of this show she lives in my heart as the character that she's been previously yeah, I like that. So, yeah. Who you want to high-five? I'm going to high-five Damon because I feel like I want to give him a lot of credit for not sleeping with Elena anymore <laughs> um, and also just being mature enough to let her go. And I feel like I feel like Stefan wouldn't do the same in in mm-hmm. his situation. I've been thinking about this a lot and, like, Stefan, like, gets the recognition for being, like, so honorable and, like, such, like, a a gentleman and, like, so protective of Elena. But Damon is, too. And, like, this is, like, a bigger sacrifice that he's making for Elena than Stefan has ever had to. Also, he's just really funny in this episode, too, <laughs> with the way that he treats Professor Shane. So that's gonna, mm-hmm. that's gonna get the high five for me. Yeah, that's a good point that Stefan definitely would have not done the same in his shoes. Because if you think about season one, he slept with Elena, like, before she knew about Catherine 1864. Yes. I know. that. Oh, you're right. That was so creepy. And my high five is pretty brief, uh, but also a little surprising. I want to high five April. Oh, yes. Because I feel like her reaction in the moment to Caroline like trying to compel her like her instinct to just get the fuck out was very good like if she had stayed to argue with me like what are you talking about like then things would have not gone well for her but she was like okay I'm going to remove myself from the situation and follow the only information that I care about is that my friend Rebecca's body is stashed somewhere right yeah and she goes and finds Rebecca and I'm hope I don't remember but I'm hoping she undaggers her I know. I was wondering. I when when I saw that scene, I was like, "Is she gonna pull out the tiger?" 
Like, please. I miss Rebecca. But it was unexpectedly strong character choices from April. It was nice to see her, like, do something. And such a relief to see, like, that she actually knows shit now. Yep. And it was also kind of, like the payoff of everybody being so dismissive of her and like all these scenes where people have just talked about this shit in front of her and immediately compelled her like as an afterthought and finally it happened and it backfired and now she gets to like actually have agency yes so i'm excited i don't remember what happens with april from now on and it's probably not very interesting but in this moment (laughs) i was like yeah april i hope she steps it up a little bit i i feel hopeful for that yeah (laughs) you know what i don't feel hopeful for Men. Same. Why are they? Why are they? The big thing that just stood out to me this week is like the level of male inflicted violence. Like just the scenes with Klaus were really hard to watch. I feel Mm -hmm. like they're more like way more violent than any other scenes that we've seen in the show so far. I was trying to like think back and, um, there's, like, nothing that, like, even compared to this. Like, this is the Vampire Diaries Red Wedding. Yeah. It's, like, even the sacrifice, like, he killed uh, Jules and Jenna and, mm-hmm. like, sort of killed Elena. But, like, this was literally 12 people. And these are his hybrids. Like, he can't make any more unless he cures Elena. And I think these were the last ones. Yeah. It's just, like, so disturbing that he would just kill them all. Mm-hmm. without like a second thought like he was just like ready to do it and just like because these people are no longer sired to me they have to die and because right. like they took exception to being enslaved by me and wanted to like free themselves they must die <laughs> like all, literally all they wanted to do was like join the witness protection program and go they weren't going to do anything like it was only going to be temporary, Tyler said. Like, they were going to keep him, keep Klaus in his body until the hybrids could escape for real. And then they would let Klaus go again. And maybe he didn't know all the details of the plan, but it's, like, such an extreme reaction. Yeah, definitely. Like, and definitely, like, born out of embarrassment, mm. I feel like. Oh, yeah. It's, like, like I was a this symptom of his, yeah, like, of his frontal. Of me. Yep. Exactly. Like, a symptom of his fragile ego, the fact that, like, they would cross him and that, that like, he wasn't in charge anymore and that, that the only way to resolve that feeling is to just fucking murder 12 people. Oh, Klaus. Yeah. And yet, is he really so different from us? <laughs> yeah, and we've covered all of the stuff and shit already, so I don't mm-hmm. think we need to touch on that again. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say, but it's flown out of my brain. Was it about Jeremy's, uh, new muscles? No, because I try not to think about that. Okay, good. Then we, we've spoken enough about it at the beginning. Yeah, but whatever it was, yeah. I let it go in my heart because <laughs> I want to talk about who should have done it instead. Uh, how about you go first for who should have done it? Oh my gosh. Well... Again, I think I had something, but now I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> Do you have something already? Um, I'm going to say the magical metronome and the weird-ass rock. Oh, my God. 
The Metronome and the Rock, a classic ship. Uh, and maybe like Professor Shane is somehow involved. I don't know. He's just watching. Yeah. <laughs> just like too many mystical objects going on. <laughs> I I'm sure as hell not gonna pick Bonnie and Jeremy. Jesus Christ. I know. Or Elena and Damon. No. Or Stefan and anyone, because he's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. I guess part of me wanted to say Professor Shane and Jeremy just because he was getting so handsy with him, but then that's, like, rape, so no. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say, and this is the second time I've said this, so apparently this is my OTP now, uh, April and Rebecca. Oh, yeah. Because, again, April had just been traumatized with a lot of really fucked up information in her first instinct was to go and save Rebecca. Yeah. I, I like that decision. So even if I'm just saying they should have done friendship, like, I cared about their relationship. Like, April was barely in the episode and Rebecca was literally dead the whole time. <laughs> and we saw her face for two seconds, but I felt the strongest vibes between them. Yeah. Definitely. It's a good choice. Good, good. Classic. <laughs> so, wow. That was a fucking episode. It was... I have so many feelings. Do you have a favorite quote? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, I I said it earlier, but it's Damon's reaction to when Jeremy says that he has feelings for Bonnie. When he says, well, this isn't awkward at all. I'll be anywhere else. And then he just pieces out. That's how I felt. I wanted to leave the premise when I was watching the episode. It's like, I can't handle this shit. I'll be anywhere else anytime that Bonnie and Jeremy are in the same room together. I know. Been there, done that. Don't want to go down this path again, but I guess we'll have to. Want to set the t-shirt on fire. Yeah, to keep Elena alive. (laughs) How about you? Uh, So my favorite quote was when Damon came to Elena on the pier to try to uh, get her to drink with him. And she says... I shouldn't have put so much hope into reprogramming someone's mind. (laughs) Because literally how many times has she tried to use that as a solution? Like how many times did she have Damon compelled Jeremy to like move to Denver? Oh my gosh. Like she's finally learned this lesson. Like maybe like fucking with people's minds is not the way to solve our problems. (laughs) Wow. Oh, you live, you learn. <laughs> Way to go, Elena. Such growth. <laughs> That's a really good one. Oh my gosh. So, wow. I I know we've already talked for a really long time, so we probably should wrap it up. If you want to talk to us about this more, or you have questions or comments or concerns, please, Mystic, follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You could also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. And we also have an email address, the VD diaries at gmail.com. We received the two greatest emails over the past couple of weeks, and they really were like so fun and such a bright spot in our days. Yeah, uh, we both definitely were delighted by learning from our listener Allie that her mother-in-law is the bird handler for the creepy crow on the vampire diaries which is actually a raven 
Oh my gosh. I I was screaming when I read this. I was like, oh my gosh, the crow is a raven and Allie's mother-in-law is the bird handler. This is so good. Oh my god. I'm like, I can we interview the crow? <laughs> is the crow giving autographs? I mean, is the crow still alive is my first question. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know what the life life uh expectancy of a, of a raven is, but yeah we also really appreciated that ali provided us uh, some data for our continuing study on uncles john oh yes this was also very very helpful and we also got an amazing anecdote from our listener allison about her six-year-old son (laughs) who has heard some snippets of our podcast and enough that he uh knows that jeremy is so stupid i'm trying to find this email so i can tell you guys all this story i hope you don't mind allison that we're sharing this oh yes uh allison writes the other day he was telling me that a bully at school was so stupid like jeremy (laughs) and she asked him to clarify because she didn't know who he was talking about (laughs) he said you know stupid jeremy from that vampire show and the guy your friends hate Oh my gosh, that made me so happy. It warmed my heart so much. Yes. That there is a six-year-old out there who just knows that Jeremy is so stupid. Yes. But I love that he called us your friends. That was so sweet. We are your friends. <laughs> yes. And also, uh, we got some advice from Allison to check out this uh, segment from Entertainment Tonight from a while back that has some behind-the-scenes information and scoop on the show. Including that Julie Plex shipped Bonnie and Matt? What? Fuck that. But good to know. Yeah, interesting. No, we'll definitely have to check that out. Yes. So thank you so much for writing into us. Uh, it made our days. So if you have any fun anecdotes like that, and definitely if you have any like connection to anybody or any creature on this show, we want to know about it so we can be jealous of you. Although it will be hard to top uh, the the raven. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and as always, we appreciate uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. We always are happy to see those. So anytime we hear from you in any capacity, it makes our day. So definitely. Yes. Let us know how much you love us or how much you hate us. Sometimes that's also delightful. It's good to keep keep us humble. <laughs> Until next time, uh, if you're ever tempted to send us any kind of gif or screen cap of Jeremy Gilbert chopping wood, please don't. Uh, and please give us the number instead of like some kind of therapy hotline where we can talk through our feelings about the fact that people think Jeremy Gilbert is hot. <laughs> He's a ripper! Mozzarella.